1: Welcome, to guys at a mic show, talkzone.com, back at you, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago, hope you're having a great start to your morning, wherever you might be uh, locating at this particular time, and again, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time out to join us, here in the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com, sports talk and more, sometimes more, not so much the sports talk, and of course... Part of the experience is the music given to us by our musical coordinator, the very coordinator, David Olson, our producer. Let's listen. Need scintillating absolutely scintillating music thank you very much david the big look and the coach folks at your service right up until 11 o'clock we'll uh, start sneak peeking a little uh, preview to the weekend of football that is coming up we got baseball playoffs couple of games played yesterday we'll get off the sports page as well and uh who knows where this journey might take us but let's start the journey by putting the old Oars in the water and talking to my good friend uh, checking in via his telecommunicative phone lines out in Aurora, Illinois. It's my partner in crime.
2: It is the big dog, Joel
1: uh, Redwonsky. Joel, how are
2: you? Uh, coach, uh, doing absolutely phenomenal on this on this beautiful October day. I know everyone's saying, "Oh, it's rainy and dreary." We need a little rain, and yep. it's still like seventy-five degrees out. So. Yeah, I like it. So, yeah. I, I What is it? The October thirteenth. A beautiful yep. day. This is fantastic coach. Yeah,
1: absolutely. No question. Hey, gorgeous just driving around now too. Without yeah. getting too uh oh. epithelial here. This is the you know, the, the leaves starting to fall, most of them haven't fallen. Just driving around now. Forget the radio, forget your worries and what you're thinking about. Open your damn eyes and just look around and soak up the beauty. It's a beautiful time of year, dog.
2: No, coach, why don't forget the show, get in your truck, drive out of uh, Laura, pick me up. We're going to Morton Arboretum. We'll walk through it. We'll skip a little bit. We won't hold hands or anything. Mm-hmm. We'll have a very nice time. How about that?
3: It's not bad.
1: It's not a bad thought. How about we finish the show, and then I'll head out there, and we can uh, skip, do a little two-step at the Morton operatum.
2: It, it sounds good, but we better get out of there before dusk, because I tell you, you don't want to be there when night falls.
1: <laughs> oh, I read, where, I read in the paper, you know how they have those corn mazes? Are you familiar with those, Big Doug? Go-
2: Oh uh I, I, not really but you I know. can totally understand where you're getting from just Ch- cut out a maze in a cornfield.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what they are and they, you know, field trips are out there. I know my son was checking it out for um um a homecoming weekend, which is this weekend, you know, for an after hours activity. At any rate, people go out there, groups go out there, they pay. It's a, you know, it's a business venture. I read in the paper where a <laughs> husband, wife and their 3-year-old son got lost in the maze. It got dark out. They had to call the police on the cell phone. That we're uh-huh. stuck out here. There's nobody around. We can't find our way out. They had to have a police canine dog find them, and I think they got helicoptered out or something. A oh, little bit embarrassing. That's funny.
2: That that, that yeah. that's good stuff, that's, right there. I bet the I bet the three year old was going crazy.
1: That's a hard. <laughs> it's a hard phone call to make. I bet you the husband kept saying, "Don't worry, honey. I can figure our way out." You know, and the wife <laughs> said, "You know, at about eight o'clock at night after they started at one."
2: <laughs> Not going to call for know, sure. When you first said it I mean that's good stuff, right there, But when you first said it to me, do you know what a, a corn maze is? And I was yeah. like Yeah, maze is corn, coach.
1: Thank you very and much.
2: I, and then I then I realized what yep. you were talking about. See, so
1: yeah, I, I'd never been to one, but any, anyhow. The bottom line is, be it now the Morton Arboretum, which you are a large, long time proponent of, is that a public facility? You got to pay? Is it is it like a? It all
2: depends on how you go in there. If you go in the main entrance, you have to pay. <laughs> but if you, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, you have to pay Coach. But unless you okay. go in, like, the way I can go in was like, mm-hmm. the bike path, which is, you just ride the bike in there, and then all of a sudden you're in the Morton Arboretum.
1: Okay. And, and what is it? Oh, you don't even know? Well, I sort of know. You don't know what an Arboretum is, Coach? It's like a plants and
2: flowers and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a massive, uh, like, set-up area where it's, like, totally untouched, mm-hmm. and, I mean, legitimately, throughout the year, if you go there like every, like three weeks or so, you will see a transformation through from spring to summer to fall that is absolutely spectacular. Well, me, if you drive down eighty-eight going west right okay. now and you look north, you it'll blow your mind, Coach. How many different colors you will see? A mm-hmm. trillion different colors of oranges and browns and and okay. yellows. It's really beautiful.
0: Cool. Right. Yeah. It's, a, it's a step above a forest preserve where they bring in a bunch of different types of trees and plants okay. and everything. And just, you know, keep it in a natural, pristine condition. Okay.
1: Because I mean, mm-hmm. my next question, you answered it. Dave. I was going to ask how is the Morton Arboretum different than driving up to, like, you know, and just driving through Crystal Lake and Grays Lake and some of those areas beautiful up north? But yeah, there are yeah, trees and plants that you won't find okay. there.
2: So. Yeah, that's a perfect way to say it. It's just like a massive garden, Coach, mm-hmm. with, with, like, trees. And a, And they do have it set off, like, oh, this is what it would be like in this natural environment. And then uh, it's kind of cool, Coach. Mm-hmm. You yeah, just walk through there. It's really fantastic.
3: All right.
0: I
1: may have to do that. May have yeah,
0: to do that. That's it. where we went uh, for for our wedding photos.
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. Nice well,
0: Our reception was there in Glen Ellen, so it was, like, right there. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: did, did you have it in the, the spring?
0: No, no, no. It was, well, it was September, so everything was still green.
2: Oh, okay, cool. cool. So, yeah, you go there in the springtime, Coach, like, the flowers are just, it's like you can't even believe, like, what's there. And that is about every time mm. of year is perfect there.
1: It's a nice touch. Nice touch. A couple of jocks here for a little football show, a sports show. We're, uh, we're showing our softer side, Big Dog, our ability to get into nature. And You know what? The older you get, the, the more yeah. you appreciate
2: it. Yeah, no doubt. And plus the beers, they're only 250 So,
1: <laughs> Oh, goodness. Speaking of getting in touch with yourself, have you uh, – now, how's your social life? Have you been in touch with yourself of late, or things going uh, uphill, downhill, sort of? Uh, uh,
2: uh, why, why are you into my social life? I don't know. I just, okay. you know, you said well, you were well, getting to in touch with you. with... you, I'm extremely focused on a bunch of different projects right now. Ah. But one, like one of those projects life. named Lisa? No, no, not Lisa. But it's close. That's four syllables starts with L. That's pretty funny, though. <laughs> so... Uh, no, I don't know. if I should just focus on like one project of getting stuff done, I would probably yes. get a lot more done. But instead I got like five things going on.
1: See, it's interesting you bring that up, because I do think, and again, our phone number, if you want to chime in on any one of our dilapidated discussions here, we'd love to hear from you. If you don't, me and Big Dog will continue to, uh, take this discussion down paths that I have no idea where we're going. So that's, you know, if you want to consider that a threat, so be. You want to get us back on track, feel free. You want to comment on it. We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. But there are people that think, uh, for lack of a better term, longitudinally versus horizontally right, you know do you think widthwise or lengthwise? wise in the exam you brought up an example the example i'm going to bring up is uh filling out these college applications just as an example where me and my wife completely different in our approach my theory big dog when i do something and you know college at whatever it is one at a time see it through to fruition get it done all right on to the next thing Okay, but my wife with the college apps, and she's kind of taking control of it now, along with my son. They're they're like you know halfway through seven different ones. Uh-huh. Very you know I, I, that's the way they work. That's the way they feel comfortable to me. Or uh, you know you got Missouri done, let's go to Purdue. Fill it out. What do we got to do? Boom, counselor, uh, you know ACTs very good transcript. But no, they got like you know halfway done, five or six different one drives. Me crazy, but my point is apparently we, we think in different ways. Which way do you fall?
2: Well, uh, I just decided to go to the the place that I was most comfortable with the football program. Huh? Well, you asked me how I. That's. that. However, anybody else wants to do it is fine. All I cared about when I was going to college was how I fit in with the football program. Mm hmm. I hate to I hate to give you a disappointing answer, Coach, but you asked me how All I right, felt, but, but I,
1: how about when you when you okay. had like homework assignments? Do you, you know, do, do you do you knock down or chores at home? Okay. You know, do you kind of little bit and piece it? And, and you know, you're dealing with a lot of things. That's the advantage of getting a lot
3: of things oh, done. No,
2: no. Well, Coach, I'm only home like one day a week, so I'll have like a day mm-hmm. where I do like ridiculous amounts of stuff, like unbelievable. Okay. Like my, those are the best, and I just basically uh, will do this show and then I'll have a massive lunch, okay. and then between 12 and 8, I will do ridiculous amounts of stuff. And there one of go. them in the middle will be tuning my bike. Mm-hmm. The other one will be mowing the lawn, and next thing I know, who knows what ends up happening.
1: You still got cl- you still got Cloudy cleaning the pool out there? Oh, yeah. Well,
2: well we just closed the pool <laughs> yesterday. Ah! Bust- oh, thank goodness we closed Killin'. the pool yesterday because right after that, mm-hmm. Like the we we got about a billion leaves on the pool, so I have figured out this year that I, I'm going to end up spending myself just my my slice of what I'm supposed to spend because everybody else has to pitch in too. But mm-hmm. uh, I spent over 500 bucks on the pool this summer, and I think I went in three times. Ouch,
1: ouch. We haven't talked about it lately, but for those new to the show, Big Dog, you basically live in what we have uh, very gently called the United Nations. You've got like, and I'm, I don't know if it's changed. Maybe the clientele has changed, but you basically had six different nationalities all living under one roof.
2: Yeah, it was. It's absolutely wonderful to be quite, uh, quite honest with you, Coach. You know, it's. Yeah, uh, I thought we should go out and actually, you know, show the people that all of these different cultures could live under one roof and, yes. and be extremely happy. And, mm-hmm. and what is needed, but of, co- of course, that would be a totally different program. It Wouldn't be a family one either.
1: I was just about to suggest some local paper in the Aurora area you should pick pick up the story. You guys would be an interesting uh, feature story, if not scientific experiment
2: or human it experiment. Absolutely, it absolutely would. When you, when you see a Muslim guy living with an Asian guy, with uh-huh. a Mexican guy, with an African-American guy, a white woman, and a white man, I mean, that's... that's... <laughs> I mean, you don't usually get that in everyday society. It's it food was very functional. That's so really functional. How
1: you got a lot of different uh, culinary taste there? How's the food? Everybody, every man for and or woman for himself, or is there some uh, group cooking?
2: But it, it used to be that way. But cloudy's such a freaking snob when it comes to food that uh, he decided that he complained so much when everybody else made food that now we just he has to cook every day now. So it's like, "Shut up, you have to cook." So now, wow! So, so you, you got like really a
1: hired? You, you have a uh, unofficial hired cook in the house.
2: Now, coach, this happened the first week of us moving in. Uh-huh. This wasn't like, oh, I'm sick it had, like after about four or five days, we we're just like, All right, you're cooking from now on. And so for four years, I have basically had Chef Cloud A wow. every single <laughs> night and lunch for, since for four years. And like like breakfast is either I'm making eggs for myself or I have leftovers of whatever meat product he made the, the mm-hmm. night before. I mean, it, it's awfully good.
1: That's outstanding. I didn't so, know that. So you got it you got Cloudy's your pool guy? And uh, Cloud A is your chef. That's not bad. This guy is, guy is he available for hire out to other houses? I'm interested.
2: No, 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 no. He's uh, he's. No, we're not getting rid of Cloudy anytime all soon. Right. Cloudy.
1: Now, what, this Cloudy is Cloudy the Muslim, the Indian. Is he the female? Is he the Mexican? Where? Which category is he? He's
2: African American. Ah. He's the Ohio State fan. And by the way, all of us have different. Talk about like League of Nations. All of us have different. Uh, college football allegiance. Interesting. You realize on Saturday what this house turns into. When I tell you, twenty-five people are at my house watching football every Saturday. So, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. When we, when I tell you we should have people out at a bar, we're like, hey, we should phone people at a bar. Actually, they, you should just come to my house on a football <laughs> Saturday. Is what we should actually film. Uh uh-huh. So maybe that's what we should do because, yeah, that actually we need to talk about that off air. But everybody listening, I am going to have a college football party at my house, and wow. you're you're all invited.
1: Wow. And don't forget, coming up, I think it's in, what, two, three weeks when the Bears have a bye, I will have my, I believe, sixth annual bye week party, where we you know, invite I, people over and celebrate the bye. You remember the first time we ran out, we advertised it as the bye party, Big Dog, and there were folks that showed up that had the wrong idea. They didn't yeah, quite it wasn't get
2: it. Very it was good coach. Huh? I wasn't very happy about it.
1: No. No, well, you know, it, uh, culture, Big Dog, it's all about culture. But there were people that uh didn't realize we were celebrating the bi-week in football. But, yeah, my sixth annual bi-week party, Big Dog, you and yours, and keep your hands up. Mine are uh, more than invited to come.
2: Well, uh, uh I will be there this year again. Okay. Beautiful. Well, actually, I've never showed up, have I?
1: Uh, actually not.
2: Okay, so yeah. I guess I won't be there again but, this
1: year. But you threaten every year. But if you bring, Cl- if Cloudy wants to cook, we're looking for a cook this year.
2: Uh, don't don't tempt him. He'll, who knows? He he makes something that we call uh, chicken ribs. Yeah, but his ribs. I mean, his chicken tastes so good; it actually tastes like right. you're eating ribs. I okay.
1: might I might have to talk to him because last year people were not happy with my tuna tacos.
2: Okay, well then maybe he actually makes regular ribs, which he marinates oh. in vinegar for Ooh. for one day, Love and that. then apple vinegar for two days, oh. and then he pounds he beats it up a little bit, and then he cooks it like on 195 degrees for like for like twenty five hours and when they come out you don't even have to chew them you just oh. like oh it's so good because can't good.
3: explain
2: it. I mean that make you cook some food so I pretty much I've been living very very happily for the last couple of years even though I've been like completely poor and uh-huh. don't have a car yep I, I have to admit life has been really good for me yeah
1: you know if you feed a man and let that be a lesson to all the young ladies out there and possibly a few guys who might be in a committed relationship if you uh, feed a man well it's not the complete success to relationship but that can go How do we put this? It can make up for a lot of other ills.
2: Yeah, so. (laughs) And I've been, yeah, I've been illing a lot lately. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no question about it. Now, let's see. So, your roommate is an Ohio State fan. You are a very avid Illinois fan. The last time I checked my schedule for this uh, Saturday. And again, folks, you want to chime in on the discussion here? A little college football talk or, uh, if you want to get invited to Big Dog's party, give us a call 888-463-6748. Two guys at a mic, your one hour stop in the mid morning time zone here uh, on the Talk Zone dot com. Um, well, well, your Kirk, Illinois your team are hosting the Ohio State Buckeyes, big uh, Big Dog, in a pretty big game this Saturday. Yeah,
2: and right now I'm I'm at standing at uh, our fireplace mantle, and we have. Uh, all of us have different uh, college football stadiums for who we root for. Mm-hmm. And right now on the mantle is the Ohio State and Illinois one. And we also have a mantle that's way on the back. Our, 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 we, I can't say the words over there, but it's basically our wall of dishonor, our wall of disgrace. Uh-oh. Okay, like so the, the, we have Ryan Field is over there right now. There's a couple other stadiums that, <laughs> that are over there. So whoever wins this week, their stadium remains up on the mantle. The other one has to go to the disgrace mantle uh, uh, later on in the season until okay. teams they, they get back up on the regular mantle.
1: Okay. It's an interesting matchup. Interesting matchup. What, are we, what are we, is it, Zupke Field? Oh, they've
2: got to be favorite. They've got to be the
1: favorite. No, they are. They're the four-point favorite, but I think it is an interesting matchup. At, uh, what is it, Max Zupke Field at Memorial Stadium? Is
2: that that, that what... would be Robert Zupke Field. Robert. Yeah. Who's Max? I don't know who Max Zupke is. Okay. <laughs> <It's> okay. Only... <laughs> <laughs> the only good match ever that had anything to do with uh, uh, Illinois football was uh, well, never mind.
3: Yeah,
2: coach, right. this is going to be a big game. All I know is Illinois has all types of defensive linemen, merciless. Oof. Buchanan against the worst offensive line in the Big Ten. It's going to be a bloodbath, legitimately. I don't okay. know if I, I don't know how Illinois' offense is going to do against Ohio State's defense. I don't know if they're going to run wild or anything like that, but I do know who's ever playing quarterback for Ohio State is about to be punished unlike they've ever been punished. Illinois' pass rush is so good right now. It's the best pass rush Illinois has had since the early 80s.
1: What a great name for a defensive end. This guy has come out of nowhere, kind of undersized, but he's jet-powered. The The kid's name is Whitney Merciless. Mm
3: -hmm. As a
1: defensive end, and right now he's a a candidate. It's early, but a candidate for defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. and Big He, He came out of nowhere. I remember him last year.
2: Yeah, he with uh, he played a little bit last year, coach. Him and Buchanan like played about the same amount, and then you know all the graduation and everybody leaving, and all of a sudden these guys have just taken over. And it, Buchanan, we all know how fast he is and uh, how athletic he is with his feet. Well, merciless, you know, is the same way. And the, his name describes that's, him, coach. He doesn't stop. It's one of the He's greatest names going I've going ever going heard going in going sports,
1: going. especially especially considering the position he plays. Defensive end, pass rusher. It's one of the greatest names I've ever heard in sports.
2: He he wears eighty-five, which I love because he was probably they wanted him to be a tight end. I'm sure.
1: Are we pronouncing it right, or is it merciless?
2: No, it's merciless. His uh, name is merciless. I love it. It's awesome. And I, every game he has gotten better. You know, like early on, I was like, wow, he's dominating some some weak competition. But hey, it's good to know that his first college games he looks fantastic. Well, guess what? He's playing Big Ten schools now. Northwestern and Indiana, granted. But I don't care. Those are Big Ten schools, and he dominated in the Indiana game, Coach. Uh, this is a good thing. If you're an Illinois fan, mm-hmm. It's the, the best way to cure a bad defense, and let's admit, Illinois fans, it was a bad defense last year, is to have a great pass rush. Well, not only do they have a great pass rush, Terry Hawthorne is healthy this season, and they have a legitimate first-round draft pick playing corner on one end. And Tavon Wilson, the other kid coach, the other kid playing corner for yep. Illinois, hmm you know, he might be a first-round draft pick, too. That Illinois got, are loaded with NFL prospects on the on the defensive side. And, you know, these kids were all, like, top 30 prospects at their position. Not Hawthorne. He was, like, number one in the country. But everybody else was like, oh, they should go to a top 30 school. And, you know, Illinois got these pretty good recruits, and let's see what can happen with them. Zook has coached these kids up because all of these kids, like, like those, those Hawthorne and Savon Wilson, Merciless and Buchanan, are all going to be second round draft picks or better in the NFL.
1: Don't forget they, the uh, don't forget the center fielder of that bunch, the guy that uh, backs him up, my guy Supo Sani from Homewood Fossmore High School. Another great name, by the way.
2: Well a, a fantastic name. Definitely Supo. has to keep on improving the rest of this year. Coach. Yes. Well, him and Hull have been the only non really great parts of the defense so far, let's say him and,
3: and,
2: him and the who uh, what's it, Marcus Hall, number oh. five for Illinois? Him and
1: Yeah, Him and, Ho. Yeah, I,
2: him thought,
1: and Hall. I thought that was another quarterback. Uh, oh. <laughs> Arterius Him and Ho. Uh, now, let me get it. It's Ohio State visiting Illinois. You mentioned the word bloodbath. Which way, when you say bloodbath, do you think Illinois is going to crush Ohio State or bloodbath in the sense that it's going to be a physical war? Oh,
2: I, I meant bloodbath on Ohio State's quarterback. And that's why I immediately said I don't know how Illinois is going to, against Ohio State's defense, that's why I'm not saying like Illinois is going to win like 38-10 or anything like that, but honestly Ohio State offensively versus this Illinois team is not a good match whatsoever because Ohio State can't block anybody. And and Illinois can get pressure with four, and I'm not talking like good pressure, I'm Mm -hmm. talking like Detroit Lion pressure on Jake Cutler is what I'm I'm expecting in this particular game.
1: I I agree with that, but I I think, you know, Ohio State with their great tradition of the players that they recruit, uh, they're going to rise up a little bit this weekend. Now they were up 26 to 7. Twenty six to seven lead at Nebraska and they lost the lead and lost the game. So that's a wounded ego, but you still got and it's not the Ohio State teams or the teams that passed Big Dog, but you still got that pride, you know, in the Buckeyes and, and they're a wounded warrior right now and there's still a lot of talent there, so I no. still think this is gonna be a tough game for the fight in the line. I think Ohio State will come to play. The they are gonna to need to bring their A plus game to win.
2: No, I oh yeah, I agree. I agree they have to bring their A plus game. Now I, I have seen every single Ohio State game this year except for the Nebraska so, teams, I'm, so I'm sorry to too, hear that. I, I'm way too. Yeah, no, I know. I am too watching them. <laughs> this, <laughs> I, 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 I the line. I, I know exactly what you're saying, Coach. You, about
1: you watch Ohio, Ohio State. State's offense on Saturday and the Bears on Sunday, and that's that's not a particularly good back-to-back.
2: It's offensive. <laughs> it's not, that is, yeah. You couldn't do that. I feel sorry for. i as an Ohio State and and a Chicago Bears fan. Oof. Seriously, I mean, like, if I, like, I almost bumped into him the other day, and he, like, jumped out of the way. Just, you
1: know, of course, who are we no feeling 45. sorry for? Ohio State's been great for 30 years. They can afford one down year. So, you know, tell Cloudy, you know, I'm a Northwestern fan. I'm not feeling sorry for him. <laughs> they
2: had 95, Coach.
1: What are you talking about? <laughs> when, when, I told my son Northwestern was in the Rose Bowl, and he's, like, laughing at me. Dad, you're getting old. You're getting senile. When was the last time the cat made the Rose Bowl, dog?
2: That would be, they, last time they played would be January of 1996, and the USC Trojans beat them 41 to 32, and t Johnson was the game MVP. How the hell they do you remember? That played phenomenal, by the way.
1: Now, how, David Olson just shaking his head here. Just boom, right off the top of your head. No intro to it. Within two seconds, with you recalled dad. not only the year, but the opponent, the score, and the stars of the game. Incredible.
2: Hey, you can look it up. It'll, all that is a right. Uh You know, I watched that game with my dad, and we went through like two thirty packs of Bushlight. I'm not kidding. My dad was so distraught at the end of that game. <laughs> I, I felt so bad for him. He wanted a Chicago team to win the Rose Bowl, so he was an Illinois fan. But he watched, like when Northwestern got on the roll that year, he was all for Northwestern winning. It was pretty cool. Is that the
1: game we we started off well and then just got oh, blown yeah. up?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then T. Sean Johnson in yep. the second half had like 180 yards receiving. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. Seriously, so like he had that much in the second half. So, And then he was the number one overall pick and started having everybody hate him after mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, Schnurr and Dwayne Bates,
3: remember oh, him? Oh,
1: Dwayne Bates, absolutely.
2: Yeah. He had an awesome first half. Yeah. I came, uh, Northwestern was up at least two touchdowns in the first half, and I really thought that I was an like impossible dream going to happen. Charleston Heston, they had to, like, fan him off, like, at halftime. <laughs>
1: uh, who was doing the fanning, Anne margaret
2: Yeah, no, when 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 those guys landed in California and yeah. Anne margaret kissed the first guy off the plane, he was like, why did somebody's grandma just kiss me? Ann-Margaret, <laughs> she's like, was extremely famous uh, at one point.
1: I was out in California at the time watching the game, so there were not a lot of us on Northwestern. I didn't go to the game. But I believe that was during the, uh, back then they played the Rose Bowl right on New Year's Day, right?
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say January 1st, but back then after 1984, they say it wasn't always January 1st, but most likely it was. Most likely, but it wasn't always. Mm-hmm. So,
1: it's outstanding. Another yeah, good Big uh, me, Ten game, playing. uh, Michigan and Michigan State. Great Big Ten game there. Our Northwestern University team visits Iowa, but the uh, MSU Michigan game, Big Dog, uh, has championship implications.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess it does. Do, do, do people really think Michigan State has a chance? Yes. Well, I guess, yeah, they do because the divisions, I'm sorry. It's all new Big Ten, Coach. I, I, wow. I, I totally, I was thinking it wasn't even think this way. Yeah. There's huge championship implications because Michigan, Michigan State should have a chance to win that half of the Big Ten this year. So. Wow.
1: Well, you were implying that in this particular game between these two teams that Michigan State might not have much of a chance? Because I've watched both these teams play. I think Michigan State might be a little bit better.
2: I, I just... Out of out of the 12 teams in the league, though, I don't think Michigan State has a chance at winning it, yet I do think Michigan would have a chance at being the – it's funny that you say that. So we'll see. I do think Michigan's going to handle them. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll Brady stick... Holt has change the whole atmosphere there in Michigan.
3: All right,
1: stick around tomorrow for my Beat the Schmoes picks. I haven't made them yet, but uh, I may dip into the collegiate front, and I like uh, Mark D'Antonio on the Michigan State spiral. Where is that game being held at?
2: Um, I'm I'm pretty sure – that it's in uh at michigan coach i I, I picture last year's game at at uh at spartan for some reason
1: now it's at michigan state
2: it is okay
1: at michigan state guess the spread big dog uh
2: i would say michigan state would be a two-point favorite.
1: oh nicely done
2: Mm -hmm.
1: nicely done so sparty is a couple of point favorite. that should be an outstanding game across the board in college football not any tremendous matchups big dog uh Oklahoma State at Texas, but the, the luster's worn off a little bit with Texas. Baylor against Texas A&M. Have you seen this kid for Baylor? He's a Heisman candidate. Robert Griffin the Third. I have really not seen him play, but uh, he I've is only, lighting it up.
2: I've I've only brought him up about three times this season on this show, and I did a video about him a year ago, if you remember.
1: A music video?
2: No, one of those things with uh, Robert the Rain Man McEwen.
3: Okay.
2: So, uh, yeah, Rob, I've seen You know, up, going into last week, coach, he had more touchdown passes than incompletion going into last week's game. And that was five games into the season. So it wasn't like one week, which should still be incredible. So that was the guy I was talking about last week that was, that had those type of stats. And by the way, he's, uh, he had the ability to be an Olympic sprinter and he decided to play quarterback at Baylor. The guy's going to be a phenomenal quarterback at the next level. He's only six foot, though. and about 180 pounds, so he better make sure he doesn't get hit very often. Robert
1: Griffin III, by the way, there is Thursday night college football tonight, a decent game, USC taking on California. One of our emailers, Big Doe, we're talking about Illinois. I wanted to remind you, and we haven't brought this up, but I'm not even sure if you're aware your beloved institution in women's volleyball, ranked number one, number uno in the country of women's volleyball. I hope you take some pride in that.
2: Quite honestly, I had no idea, and I'm good to know. Thanks for uh, letting
1: us know that. Mm-hmm. Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, the 19th, they travel to Walsh Ryan Arena and take out a pretty good Northwestern women's team. If you want to get a look it's your line, a number one ranked in the country, Big Dog, you can venture out to uh, Evanston next Wednesday.
2: That's a, Usually, volleyball games are much better when you get like the side views instead of the long views, right? Take it easy.
1: Take it easy. Possibly depends on you know. It's sort of like going back to the way you do college applications. Do you do it horizontally or longitudinally? I personally prefer the end zone view.
2: I do. I I love the end zone view. That's that. (laughs) I didn't know what they called it. You know, when I was in college, coach, my job, I got paid for this. It was minimum wage, but it was a great job. I was the guy that stood at the corner, and I gave the in or out signal. Really? Yes. I've had some great jobs.
1: That's a that's a tough job actually.
2: Uh, You don't even know. Oh my goodness! I can't. I, that's right then when I realized yeah. the venom that some people have in sports, especially drunk women. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but there goodness. there's
1: pressure in that position. You talk about the guy at the end line in volleyball. It's
2: where the you, corner line, the end at the yep. side, and yep. end, we're on either corner.
1: Very very tough. A because you can't fall asleep at any point. You take you know you take a point off and boom you get embarrassed. And B you got to have great vision because I I've done that a few times. Sometimes in the close calls, I can't tell in a volleyball. If correct me if I'm wrong, but if any part of the ball, any part of the ball hits mm-hmm. any part of the line, it's good.
2: Yeah, it's good. It's it. It's
1: yeah. It. So you know, it could look like it's mostly. You gotta have great vision. My eyesight's not good enough for that job.
2: Oh, my, my eyesight's horrible, coach. <laughs>
1: so, now, did you get paid for this, or was this just uh fringe benefits via weight. the end zone vision?
2: It was minimum wage. It was one of the school. uh what do you call it? Like one of the school, like possible jobs. You, know, you apply to the uh, school.
1: Okay. It wasn't, wasn't community service, though.
2: No, it wasn't that. You know, that's what they have nowadays at school. So your son can apply for work through the school, yeah. and he'll get paid minimum wage. But right. the jobs are actually not very difficult and right. really, really cool. Yep. So uh, And if you like can I'm,
1: run, if you're a wide receiver and you can run 4.5 in the 40, you get, pretty, you get paid pretty well for those positions.
2: No, you know, the best job that I ever had. Ever probably in my life was I was after my first year at McMurray College, uh, my sophomore through senior year, I was paid to be a tutor. So I got to tutor people. Wait, a tutor? I know you might not believe believe this, but I got straight A's in college. I I know that's really, that
1: would be. No, there's, there's, you've had 112 different jobs since I've known you over the 10 years. That comes out to about 10.2 a year, folks. Tutor would not be one of the ones I'd see you doing. (laughs)
2: Coach, I was phenomenal at it. I'm not kidding you. You have no idea how how much I got these kids to study. And they were all football players. I was like the football player guy that made sure all these guys were mm-hmm. getting good grades. Right.
3: And, and
1: I'll bet it helped you because they say you never really learn something. And it's so true, I found, from coaching. You never really learn something until you teach it. So well, by you being a tutor, I bet it helped you academically as well.
2: Well, when I was, when these kids were like, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And okay, I understood I was, it was a totally different thing for me because it was, I was lazy when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But I would like tell these guys, you know, I had a 1.18 grade point average when I was at Downers Grove North. I got straight D's. My teachers refused to fail me. But I just like wouldn't do homework. So like I would explain this to these kids. Next thing I know, they would be like, I, I can honestly name like about eight kids that I really, really had an effect on in their mm-hmm. in their college, uh, studies and, and actually graduating.
1: That's cool very cool
2: so that was that was another college job I had so there's a mm-hmm. lot of available jobs that you can get uh when you're in college mm-hmm. learn a lot of stuff too yeah
1: don't forget the watering of the football field especially when the football field has automatic sprinklers that's always a popular one
2: yeah yeah well you got to get a job at physical plant for that so <laughs> it's like I'm not kidding so it's like you're in the engineering and stuff like that yeah probably you won't be watering the glass grass if you're in engineering but Usually, the people at the, like the engineers that they get, they get work at fixing stuff. If you're fixing stuff, you also have to, like, water the grass and do all that other stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: So. <laughs> oh, goodness. 888 463 6748. The phone number, folks, touching on a little college football and some bizarre side jobs the big dog has had. Don't forget your number one ranked University of Illinois women's volleyball team. Had to throw that at you, big dog. Um, we also got a little baseball going on, Big Doe. You talked about, you know, the leaves turning colors. Great time of year. It's, you know, almost mid early October, turning to mid October, and typically that time of year also brings you some great baseball. We had it last night in the baseball playoff. St. Louis Cardinals. The Cardinals left for dead, what, a month and a half ago? Are now two yeah, yeah. wins away from being in the World Series. Incredible. They knock off the Brewers yesterday, um, Final score there, 4-3 to three in a great game. And Detroit Tigers lose to the Rangers, 7-3. to three. Nelson Cruz had another huge game, three-run homer in the bottom of the 11th, though. But October baseball is right there for you.
2: Two phenomenal games to watch yesterday. Uh, I got a bunch done in the afternoon. and I remember when I was doing this, I'm like, oh, too bad I can't be listening to the, the to the Tiger-Ranger game right now. I get done, I come down to the house, the game's starting. It was a Ranger list yep. for like three hours, so I didn't know. I <laughs> can't Coach, I watched. That was the Rangers Tigers game. Was one of the better playoff games you're going to see. Yep. Uh, it was three three. All the plays, people out. Miguel Cabrera gets thrown out at home by Nelson Cruz on a on a possible sacrifice fly to end inning. And Nelson Cruz with perfect form, you know, one and under the ball and throwing it perfectly home. Uh, and then Nelson Cruz hitting a hitting a three run home run in the eleventh. But Mike Napoli got the actual go ahead run, make it four three. And Nelson Cruz. Yeah. you know, put the game away with a three run jack. Nelson Cruz has two extra inning home runs in one playoff series. And by yep. the way, there's seven RBIs. Yes. Uh he's the playoff he's a he's the ALCS MVP right now. Got it now. wrapped
1: up. Got it wrapped yeah. up. Hit a grand home slam run. walk off and then a three run homer yesterday. Now they had already scored a run, but still that was the game that opened it up, uh, gave him four runs and gave him the seven to three lead. Also Napoli, the guy you're talking about, mm-hmm. the catcher, um what was it, the 10th inning? The Tigers got Austin Jackson on.
3: Yeah,
1: and they sent him fly. They sent him on pitch number one. Uh-huh. Yeah, and like you said, he can flat out fly. Napoli throws him
2: out. And that was a good pitch to throw him out on. It was up and in on the, on the batter. And he had to come across his body. And it was a perfect peg to, to second base.
1: Rangers making big plays when they need to. Great game start to finish. Tension packed. The uh, Tigers were down bottom of the eighth. Bottom of the eighth, and Brandon Inge hit a home run to tie it up. So that was a dramatic moment that brought the Detroit Tigers stadium to its feet, Doug.
2: Yes, yes. And then, yes, Joaquin Benoit pitching really well for the for the Tigers. Uh, you know, pitching really
1: slow, too.
2: Well, he's pitched three days in a row, and in those three days, he's pitched at least 34 pitches. Uh, so you could blame him for being slow. And then Jose Valverde comes out, and he had pitched. Oh, two innings yesterday. I was pitching two innings uh the next day and they decide to walk Adrian Veltrek for some reason I have no idea, and uh, try to set up the double play for Mike Napoli and uh, Jose Valverde can't come through, mm-hmm. face hit, and then Nelson Cruz breaks it open the next on the next pitch. So Yeah,
1: and then they took Jose Valverde out. Jose Valverde. Now that does not count as a blown save, correct?
2: Of course it's not a blown save, so it's a good so game he's...
1: He's still got a streak of 51, something like that, 51-52 consecutive games mm-hmm. where um, he has not blown a save. And I think the Tigers' streak of, what, 82-0 82 when they're leading after the seventh inning? So that streak is still alive, right? Because they were not leading after the seventh
2: so, inning. Oh, yeah, they did not have a lead. Yeah, the, last, uh, yeah the, the Rangers took a 3-2 lead in like the fifth, and it was 3-2 all the way up until in his home run, and then it was three. The Rangers didn't score a run between the fourth and the 11th inning, mm-hmm. but they won the game 7-3. to three.
1: Go figure. Go figure. Benoit just taking
2: forever, though,
1: absolutely driving me nuts. That guy's like the the old expression, the human rain delay, but I guess you're yeah, right, what? he might have been tired. You know the pitcher I like is? I don't even know if he pitched yesterday, but Texas Rangers setup guy, seventh inning setup guy, Takahisho Saito, I think his name is.
2: Oh, no, uh Koji Uhera.
1: No, I don't know. No, I don't know. Saito. S A I T O. Pitches in the 7th inning. Might not have been in yesterday's game, but he's been in a couple of crucial games.
3: Okay, well, he I pitched in their pitch.
1: in their game or maybe I'm thinking of the Tigers.
2: Saito. It might be because the the, the Rangers have a seventh inning guy yeah. who they just traded for from the Orioles who's Japanese yeah, yeah. and he's Koji uh,
1: I apologize. I, I, mixed up Takahisho Saito <laughs> with Kuji Nuhiro. Takahisho Saito is, and I do love this guy. He's uh, the seventh, he's the seventh inning pitcher that comes in before the human rain delay. Uh, Benoit. His name is Takahisho Saito. That kid is tough. I like him.
2: I'm the, I'm
1: the Tigers? Huh? I'm the Tigers? I don't know. Maybe I got my team scooped. I like Takahisho Saito. Find out what team. side of,
2: Saito side of, side of retired two seasons No,
1: ago. no, no. He pitched. I'm, not the, I'm going off my rocker, and I'm losing a big dog, but I'm telling you, I saw him pitch night. You know, there were so many game fives recently. I saw him pitch in the uh, pressure-packed game five, and then I think in the first game of one of these series. I he's definitely not Texas, <laughs> so he, maybe he's. Oh, Brewers. <laughs> How about Brewers? There we go.
2: You are that, correct, okay, sir. That might be possible. That, right. that could be possible. So I outside of the fact I got now.
1: the wrong team in the wrong league, there's my guy. Yeah, we got Saito, then we got K-Rod in the eighth inning, and we got Axelrod the ninth. Do I got that right?
2: It, yeah, okay, yes. That, that Thank makes you. sense. Thank you very much. And that's not Takahisha Saito, that's some other Saito. The guy that used to be the Dodgers closer went back to Japan, and he was Takahisha Saito. there's two Takahishos.
1: I don't know. I'm pretty sure this guy was Takahisha. Takahisha. Gesundheit.
2: I wonder if he's got Yeah.
1: At any rate, what do you think Tekashi. about Takashi? Takashi? Takashi. Okay.
0: Could be. Big Is he Forty
2: up. years old. He's, Is it
0: the same he, guy? He, he's forty-one. Forty-one. Okay,
2: the, it was the same guy then. It's the same guy from that was on the Dodgers like two years ago. That started wow. the correct.
0: Yeah, yeah. Played for the Dodgers, Red Sox, Braves, and now he's with 41. the Brewers. Forty-one. Doesn't wow. look a day
1: over thirty-nine. I didn't think he was that old. <laughs> At any uh, rate, what about the uh, National League, big dog? It's amazing, but uh, Abner Doubleday the second, Tony Larusa, Dave Duncan and company got their Cardinals not only in the playoffs, but they're rolling right now and they're up two-one on the Brewers after winning four-three yesterday. Uh,
2: yeah, and uh, I mean they blew up Gallardo in the first inning. Gallardo had given up what four runs and hadn't gotten anybody out, and yeah. the Cardinals didn't score the rest of the game. Isn't that uh, that's one of those crazy things about baseball? I was like, "Is this going to be another like nine to six game in the National League?" And uh, the Brewers fight back, uh, aren't able to come and get it done. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. The Cardinals had the worst bullpen in all of baseball. Coach in all of baseball, they had the worst bullpen for the first six weeks of the season. Right now, that's the greatest strength on their team. They Jeez. they've been lights out for the the last six weeks. They especially during the playoffs in the last three or yeah. four weeks of the season.
1: Which it is amazing because that's been their chink in the armor, really, for the Cardinals. When did they pick up Ingriehausen, in like, you know, seven years? They haven't had great closing in the bullpen for the last six or seven years. That's kind of been their weak link.
2: Mm-hmm. And like the year they had Adam Wainwright, uh, they won the World Series, yes. and they moved Adam Wainwright back into starting rotation. Yep. You know, so uh, that's been the biggest issue now. The Cardinals are getting it, and, and, and Albert Pujols, my goodness, Coach. Amazing. Is He uh, hit another double to drive in a run yesterday, got another hit after that. Uh,
1: then they been, intentionally walked him a couple of times. Let us not forget the day before he had five RBIs. The guy's absolutely incredible.
2: He, he is a machine, coach. It, <laughs> we're, we're watching the greatest baseball player that ever played, and he is right now as hot as he has ever been. He had a disappointing season for Albert Pujols <laughs> <Kool-Hol> standards <laughs> for Albert Pujols standards. Yes, and and right now he's having the best postseason of his of his career so far. And right now. He is going to end up holding every single NLCS record ever in terms of runs scored, hits, and RBIs and home runs. He's going to hold, he's going to own every single one of them, Coach. They're they're showing how quickly he's moving up on them. Like when you get a hit every time you go to the plate, you're going to break a lot of records.
1: A little baseball talk with the dog and the coach. Got a little Theo discussion coming up. You want to chime in on that? Uh, we'll. Mention that in just a couple of minutes. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number as we switch to a little October baseball here with the big dog and the coach again. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Game four tonight. Big dog, give us a sneak peek ahead. Tell us a little bit, Ron Santo, about the pitchers tonight. Kyle Loesch for the St. Louis Cardinals and Randy Wolf for the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, hold
2: up. Kyle Loesch has is pitched me as in pitch. in the hole. So you got a Kyle Lowish pitch pitching, hasn't pitched in uh, at least ten days, Coach. And Randy Wolf, who quite honest quite honestly, is either going to be incredible or he's going to be bad. I expect this game to be like nine to
1: eight. At the over.
2: Uh, my goodness, Kyle said that and the last time he pitched he was horrible. So this is the Cardinals must really be hurting or they feel really comfortable with a two one lead right now in this series and the fact that Chris Carpenter most likely will be on the mound in Game 7, if need be, for yep. them. Yep. Cardinals are in control of the series, folks. they got Carpenter remaining. Yep. So
1: Zach Greinke's going to pitch Game 5, so uh, the ace of the Brewers' staff probably not available now. Gallardo would come back for the Milwaukee Brewers' one for Game 7 like, as well?
2: Game 7 also Woo! would be Carpenter Gallardo, and let, let's face it, I know that's in Milwaukee, but pitching matchup, the Cardinals have the edge there, there's right now, who's a better clutch pitcher than... Like, right now, Chris Carpenter is certainly in the car the Schilling hasn't he? Coach? Yep,
3: yep.
1: Not so good last night. Now, the Brewers got to him. He was off in his control, gave up a couple, what, in the second inning, another run in the third. So Carpenter was not certainly not as great as he was in that one nothing win over Philadelphia.
2: No, no, but you're exactly right. He was not dominant, but he held on to the 4 nothing lead, and they got a W. So the... Who knows if, it's, if the Cardinals don't erupt for four runs in the bottom of the first. Carpenter probably, I honestly believe, I don't know if he gives anything up, Coach. Mm-hmm. He's just he's that much of a bulldog right now. Well, he, I want the Cubs, Cubs to get a pitcher like that. A guy that just flat out is just such a competitor that it doesn't really matter. In the, and in the biggest games, they come up the biggest. That, they need to get guys like Chris Carpenter.
1: Well, we might be getting that because if we make a nice transition into Theo talked that's all it is in Chicago right now with Theo Epstein, we might be getting John Lackey. We might have to pick up his contract, as you mentioned, as part of the reward slash punishment for picking up Theo Epstein. John Lackey could be that guy for the Cubs next
2: year, big deal. Seriously, uh, Cloudy was was right, is what you're saying, yesterday. Is that, is that is there validity to the fact that John Lackey might come as compensation for the Red Sox? I can neither confirm nor deny. I mean, because that would honestly be it would be really funny Now, if the Red Sox picked up most of the contract, I wouldn't mind it because I would love to have a guy on a team who really is a reclamation project and and wants to quit drinking in the clubhouse and and actually get his career turned around with that <laughs> That would happen for at least one year uh-huh. with John Lackey. but that would be isn't it, that would be one of the most harshest like slaps in the face in the history of baseball. Honestly, could you think what what else has occurred like officially that would be a bigger slap in the face? Well, I don't John think it's, was.
1: It's not as big a slap in the face because you put the contract into it, and the and, you know the the fact that you know he's being paid so much money. If it wasn't such a high contract, it'd be a bigger. It is still a slap in the face, no question about it. And John Lackey, I don't know his mental psyche. He'd have to. Hopefully, the guy's got a sense of humor. 'Cause that's about the only way <laughs> about the only way you overcome that and enter the clubhouse. But uh at any rate, Big Dog, it's all about Theo. You know, Theo Epstein, the new uh, apparently anyway, we broke the story here. We were what, the nineteenth station to report it yesterday. The our producer David Olson appears to be coming as the general manager of your Chicago Cup, thirty nine years old, five year contract, fifteen million. Is it possible he's overrated?
2: It's twenty million. And uh, it's definitely possible he's overrated. I'm not. I don't want to like uh, rain anybody's parade as a Cubs fan. It's a huge, huge story. Let's face it. But I would not. I don't expect exactly what happened in, in the Red Sox to him. First of all, when he got to the Red Sox, they had an extremely strong organization built up already, and he, you know, moved a couple pieces around, played a little chess, and and, and won a World Championship, and and with abundant amounts of resources, you know, one another one. He's coming into a place with a lot less resources in their minor league system than what he had at, at the time in Boston. And let's face it, the major league club in complete disarray as opposed to major league club that, in 2002, the, the Red Sox, I bet you, won at least 90 games coach, or, or high 80s when he had, when he showed up mm-hmm. before the 03 season. So it's, it's a complete difference. And, and do you think, uh, I brought it up yesterday, Well let's think about this again. Cause it, do you think he really will have, have the same type of scouting and player development that uh, the Red Sox have? Do you think the Cubs have that? Obviously not. Well, we, we got
1: some pretty good guys, though. Actually, some pretty good guys in place. And Tom Ricketts, who uh, in a very mild manner, in quiet way is pretty strong of personality and strong of yeah, personality's not so right. strong of confidence. He's got quiet mm-hmm. confidence because he's uh, against... The typical thought processes, he had a couple of good guys in the organization. He said, you know what, we don't have a GM yet, but we're going to continue. We're going to re sign them so they don't go to other teams. I forget the guy's name. Tim, I don't know his last name. Outstanding. Huh? Is it Hightower? No. Tim LaFleur or something like that. And then they got Omar Fanita? Manaya. Yeah. Who does their, uh, not overseas, but, uh, you know, Caribbean recruiting. He's very, very good in that particular area. So they got a couple of solid guys. Their player development and uh, scouting system not as far off as you think, Big Dog. Got a couple okay, of good well, people in place.
2: Well, the last couple of years, I will, admittedly, it seems like they're doing a lot better in terms of drafting and getting players to the major league. Yep. But that, this is a recent, as in the last two or three year uh, development, and you can't say that has been anything consistent when... But getting along with that, it's extremely important that you have a, a very good general manager. Because to be when people say, oh, you're overpaying at $4 million, is Tom Ricketts really overpaying at $4 million if he, a year if he can get somebody that actually could put a good quality product on the field at a cheap price? If he can put out a championship caliber team at $125 million a year mm-hmm. instead of $180 million a year, Paying your GM $4 million is a pretty good investment, isn't it, Coach? And that's, that's what he has to happen. Now, what he has to be able to do is develop talent, make sure we're loaded with Chicago Cubs organizational players, and so that way you don't have to take a risk and give somebody like Soriano $8 million and over, mm-hmm. I mean, eight years and a billion dollars. So uh, if you do get the right GM in place, organization could do tremendous things. I know that the, the Cleveland Indians couldn't put it over the top, but they were horrible. They bring in John Hart, and look what happens. All of a sudden, the place is packed, and they got a bunch of young players before their six-year arbitration that they're paying $500,000 a year to, mm-hmm. and they're making a fortune as a team. And of course, they didn't resign any of the Manny Ramirez or Jim Tomey's and you know, the organization goes to crap again, but the Cubs could re-sign those guys if they get them. You know, if they find a Manny Ramirez or a Jim Tome or a, a Roberto Alomar, they will remain a Cub because they won't have to go out and spend ridiculous amounts of money on free agents. So it's this could be it's without a doubt a very important couple days in Cub's history, but hopefully it'll be a great day in Cub history and not just another disappointment.
1: By the way, my uh, my sources tell me five years, fifteen million. It's it's point. That's what my style, you know.
2: Well, my source is Buster
1: Olney. Okay, my sources also predicted the Bears would be five and zero at this point during the year, and they also think Herman Cain is going to win the Republican nomination. So you can question the uh, mindset of my author- uh, my sources, but nevertheless, yeah. they're my sources. Five years, fifteen. Million. By the way, I'm looking at the picture of Theo Epstein in the paper. Yeah. If they ever make a movie about the dude, you know, baseball movies are very popular right now. We don't have to go far to find the uh, actor to play his part. Ben
2: Affleck.
1: No question. I mean, I, I honestly, when I picked up the sports page and peeked, I was like, "What the hell is Ben Affleck doing on the front of the pitch?
2: Well, he hangs out with Ben Affleck, coach.
1: Okay,
2: he does. He hangs out with him. He's from Boston. He grew up in the Midlands area, so uh, I would, I would have to say, he probably watched Goodwill Hunting. He's probably a Ben Affleck fan, maybe even a wannabe a little a- bit.
1: Affleck. Okay, fair enough. But uh, so overall, you now it's still not official, right? But it. We, we, we haven't heard from Theo. We haven't heard from Ricketts. But I'm assuming uh, today or tomorrow we will do that. So it's not completely official. Is there any chance there could be a chink in the armor, Big Dog?
2: Yeah, I guess it's the compensation thing because uh, MLB Network has uh, said flat out, they're like Major League Baseball has uh, commented that they are very cognizant of what's going on here. And they're going to make sure that the compensation is fair because they don't want general managers being plucked away from other organizations like the Cubs they're trying to do to the Boston Red Sox.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we got an email here from Cub fan Wild and Wacky. Wild and Wacky wants to ask Joe, it is. by the way, our email address you want to send emails in. Uh, Mike2Guys at M I C, short for microphone, the number two. Mike2Guys two at AOL.com. Wild and Wacky wants to know. Uh, he's happy Theo Epstein is coming, but he's worried it will take some of the authority away from Crane Kenny.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> and I hope part, I hope
1: he's kidding when he said that.
2: No, no, I'm sure I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was, and that is part of uh, he's wild and wacky coach. So I'm sure that was, he was a little goofy yeah. in his statement.
1: I don't uh, but, I don't think there's too many Cub fans worried about authority being taken away from Crane Kenny.
2: Now, uh, part of the, what the Cubs are saying is. They don't have to compensate the Red Sox because they're giving Theo Epstein a different job. They're giving him more authority with the Cubs than he had at the Boston Red Sox. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that, you know, everything Theo Epstein has said, he seems pretty aware. Like, Brian Sandberg might be the next, uh, uh, what do you call it, Uh, manager of the Chicago Cubs. I would enjoy that. that. What's
1: up? Despite your rude comments yesterday, I would enjoy that. I'd be supportive of that.
2: And like Epstein, he's basically said that, you know, he's open to having Sandberg as manager of the Cubs. It's funny because Epstein's kind of acting like he already is the GM, even though it's not done. But I'm assuming he's going to have a higher job than Crane Kenny, Coach. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I'm getting at. He is – and so the Cubs are saying he's not the GM here. We don't have to compensate him. We gave him – President of Baseball Operations job or something, or whatever they're going to title him. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, if Theo Epstein's coming here for four million dollars a year. He is on a higher pecking order than Crane Kenny.
1: I would hope so. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, we were you wild a wacky. I'm sure was kidding about it, but yeah, the, uh, Crane Kenny's got to go to the background. And I think he's in the background as it is already. I think Tom Ricketts is pretty hands on again in a very quiet. Kind of everyday man, but, but surprisingly confident way. I think Tom Ricketts is running the show and now Theo Epstein will be. And, uh, you know, it's all about Theo. The first four pages of the sports page in the Chicago Tribune today, big dog. Theo, Theo and more Theo. You know, you wouldn't even have, you almost forgot that the uh, baseball championship series were going on. I mean, I'm excited about the guy coming, but I do think we're possibly getting a little carried away. Even some of our negative <laughs> columnists. Even some of the guys that are always looking for a negative event, it's all positive. Steve Rosenblum, total support, not one sarcastic comment in his whole article about uh, the support of a Theo Epstein.
2: Well, that, that's that's, that's shocking, shocking, to be honest with you, with Rosenblum. Absolutely yeah, shocking. I wonder if Rosenblum wakes up and doesn't realize he gets to write about sports every day and realizes that life is pretty good for himself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
1: Well, maybe Theo can do the impossible. Maybe he'll bring uh, Bartman back.
2: Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? If he's but the miracle worker. Bartman throws out the first ball. By the That's way, the I got.
1: Season. I did talk to a guy, uh, uh, the Renegade, well, I'm not going to mention name, but I, another baseball insider. I've mentioned before I've got a little Bartman connection, but uh, dug a little bit deeper into the Bartman thing, and this is with that travel baseball team that he coached with, uh-huh. which he was heavily involved with. Uh, a, this guy who's you know the creator and director of the organization said, uh, guy was a great coach. Great with the kid, very intense, though, very serious, very intense dude. But after that incident, and keep in mind, this was his passion. Besides his job, he wasn't married. I mean, he was heavily induced into this whole travel baseball program with the kids, the parents, the administrators. After that incident, they never heard from him again. So not only did he shut himself off from the public, but from an organization, a group of people he was so close to, Big Dog, never had any communication ever since that incident. I thought that was quite telling.
2: I'm just glad he hasn't committed suicide, Coach. No, I think he's doing okay. I think he's doing okay. How could you shut off everything in your life like, well, and still be doing okay? He's not obviously doing okay. He
1: had his family, and he had a group at work that obviously was very loyal to him, and that's, uh, I'm sure, from there, you know, he's it's been, what, how many years? Uh, I'm sure he's extended out from that. But in the in the beginning, it was family and the workplace, eight years, David Olson says. Interesting. Very interesting. All well, right, uh, Dog, tomorrow we got football Friday. Beat the Schmoes football picks. You are coming off a 3-0 and week, correct?
2: No, 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 no.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, 1-2. and
2: It's coming off. I, right. I had a bad week. I had That's a bad right. week. Okay. I, I took a sucker bet and took uh, Auburn versus Arkansas just because I thought it would be a game.
1: Okay, so it's bounce-back week for you.
2: Yes, yeah, so, uh, okay. I, I will bounce back, folks. Yeah.
1: Overall, during the year, you've been doing very good. you got a 3-0. and you got four. That was your first... No, only second losing week out of um,
2: six I've weeks. Of, I've either go like three and zero or one and two. Is how I've been going so far this year. really, Because mm-hmm. I'm twelve and six on the season. Seven. So that it, that's it. I go three and zero, then one and two, three and zero, then one two.
1: Let's see: five and one, seven and two, eight and four, eleven and four. You are uh, yeah, 12, twelve and six, and six um, against the spread.
2: Mm-hmm. That's very good. And, uh, that's nothing like uh, Dave Olsen's fourteen and four. And he needs to start charging people. Unconscious. Okay?
1: Absolutely, is like a three-point shooter who is just in an absolute zone. The question we know it's going to end. Let's be realistic. But the question is, how long can he keep the hot shooting up? I say, when you got a hot shooter, feed feed the hungry man, big dog. We'll we'll see if he can keep it going.
2: Coach, he can go zero three this week and still be fourteen and seven on the season, which is ridiculous.
1: Yep. So he's playing playing with hot. I'm, I'm
2: happy with twelve and six. I, I you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm puffy-chested right now. So
1: he's play, playing with house money with his picks this week.
2: Yes, he's basically three weeks, three weeks of zero and three, and he's still plus fourteen wow. and thirteen. Wow, Think about that! That's how hot wow. he's
1: been this year. It's almost as exciting as Crane Kenny discussion. All right, Doll, we got to wrap it up. Football Friday tomorrow. We'll sneak in a little baseball playoff talk as well. You'd be good out there, okay? I got you. Ah, the Big Dog signing off, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Thank you for your outstanding job, as always. All the listeners out there, we much appreciate your tuning in. We really do, taking a little time out of your day. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic signing off. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Don't be late, and have a great day, everybody.